the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, glad that, uh, you know, you're not where I'm at in the Capitol. It's hard to wish happy Valentine's when you're dealing with politics. It's just not easy to do. But uh, good to have you along for the ride today. Uh, there's a lot going on in the chambers. Is the Senate done for today? I think they are. I think they finished. They they, they started earlier today. Okay. Um, and the House didn't start till one. Here, let me give you a good idea of how screwed up, you know, politicians are. They have February fourteenth, twenty nineteen, Arkansas House of Representatives bills for consideration, morning hour, starting at one p.m. Mm-hmm. Now, if they can't tell the difference between morning and afternoon, what's a few million dollars here and a few million dollars there? Government. I think I should ask J.R. Davis that question. Yeah, maybe he can give us an explanation. Yeah, we we need an explanation here. Just walk into the line of fire? Yeah, no, no, you're going to love this. Take a look at this. It says, bills for consideration, morning hour, and here they list everything they're going to take up, right? It starts at 1 p.m., well, I guess it depends on how late you stayed out the night before <laughs> on what you consider so. the morning hour, right? I'm just saying. I'm, I'm guessing that's the case. I couldn't <laughs> I saw that. It says 1 p.m. So it's a Valentine's Day. Tell me that you haven't screwed up and didn't forget to make reservations for dinner tonight. We're set, man. Okay. We are set. Because if you're not set right now, there ain't no way you're going to get set. That's right. That's right. No, we've got a, we've got a good thing tonight. Looking forward to it. But uh, that big tax vote was the first thing today, and so... Yeah, you got that taken care of. We did. Governor's yeah. got to be happy about that. Very, very happy. Needed 75, got 78. Good. That's uh, good. So feeling really, really good about that today. That's the b- first big piece uh, of the governor's agenda to get past uh, this session. Uh, and so that's that's exciting. I think we have a lot of momentum uh, behind us at this point. And obviously from you know legislative leadership in both chambers uh, really helping with the communications uh, the governor's staff did a tremendous job uh, in keeping those lines of communication open and so uh, all in all a good day we've got a lot more going on uh, as uh, this week closes out and next week comes at us all right as this week is closing out and by that we mean as soon as the house is done there'll be Correct. a mass exodus uh, from their side it's, i think the the senate has already occurred I think they're already gone. <laughs> they're they're making fast tracks back home for yeah. uh, this evening and tomorrow. Got to get back. They won't they won't yep. meet again. Now they're not meeting Monday because that's President's Day. So Tuesday, I guess, will be the next meeting, right? You know, I I don't know what the schedule looks like. I know that uh, we'll be here. So oh, you're gonna be you guys working? On yeah, the we're gonna be here. It's usually the way it is with the Secretary of State's office is um, everyone outside of Pulaski County uh, when the session. Is when when the legislature's in session, all of their offices are open. So oh okay, yeah, well that makes sense. Yeah, I, I want we got a lot my, of work I to do. Get my money's worth. <laughs> yeah, well we got a lot of work to do. I can assure you, <laughs> we'll be earning every bit of it next week. All right, uh, J.R. Davis is with us. He's the uh, governor's spokesperson. He'll join us for this first hour. 
next hour, our guest uh, called in and said that uh, they were running a high fever, so they, it was Dr. Yamauchi. He will not be with us at 3 o'clock hour, so we'll fill in. There'll be no problem getting some people to come talk to us. 4 o'clock, uh, we've got Congressman French Hill, 4 to 4.30. At 4.35, we'll pick up somebody to fill in. That's not everybody wants to talk right now. Yeah. You know, they want to talk about their bill that's that's going on. Uh, I, as soon as this bill passes uh, on, they didn't call it the freedom of speech bill. They've called it the forming open and robust university minds bill. Hmm. That's for free speech, folks. Well, there you go. That's, it makes me want to laugh, to be honest. <laughs> that's, they call it it's the act. It's going to be on the House floor today, um, and I expect that it will pass and pass overwhelming. It passed out of the Education Committee without a, a dissent uh, vote, so that's good. It passed out of the Senate Education without a, uh, any dissent. It had some dissent in the well of the Senate from Democrats. Uh, then we'll see if the Democrats uh, decide to vote against freedom of speech uh, in the House. But I expect that uh, there'll be a, a, a big win today for that. And then the uh, the governor, how long does it take the governor usually to sign? So it'd probably be sometime, what, middle next week? For the tax cut bill? No, for the for the for the, for, free, the freedom. Of it just depends. Bill. I mean, we um, as early as tomorrow, uh, if we wanted to, um, I think, as far as the schedule goes, we have a a system where we have bills coming throughout the week, and we have a stack of them, and he signs those because he just wants to review those and take a look at them as he does that. Okay. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it could be as soon as. Uh, the next day, but more than likely, uh, with legislators going home, want to make sure they're they're a part of that. Uh, and uh, I got to tell you, it would be week. cool now if he signed it tomorrow because that's my birthday. It's your birthday. It is my birthday. And well, we'll put be, a bow on it. And give you a be, copy. That would be awesome if that happened. But the bottom line is, is that I just want to be here when that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Uh, okay, so I'm uh, I'm off tomorrow. Okay. I got a I got a doctor's appointment. A doctor's appointment on my birthday. How stupid is that? So anyway, but I Bad agree. Planning. I agree to it. <laughs> a lot, that's of people, all a lot of people start off their birthday that way. If I told you what it that's, was That's a good point. I would just say, if I told you what it was for, you'd say, why would you ever ask for that on your birthday? And I, I don't know. I did, but I'm never going to get that. But anyway, uh, good news for me today. Filled out my taxes. I'm getting money back. I don't have to pay this year. There's a lot going on in Dave Ellswick's world in the last 24 hours. Let me tell you what has happened this week. I've been okayed for my Medicare, so I'm started on that. They retroactively took it back to the first of the month. I uh, got my my notification that my first uh, check for Social Security will come on March the 20th, and then from then on it will be either in the second or third week of the month, so I got that going in, um, and then I got taxes back. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy right now. You know, I'm pretty happy. I got to ask. I want to ask you a, yeah. a national question first. Did you? First of all, we have a new attorney general. That's right. Barr was okay, was uh, confirmed today, but here's the, the the weird story that is out there that. I, I I I don't know where this is going to end, but it's gonna it's going to be interesting because Representative Chris Stewart said that Andrew McCabe, Andrew McCabe was the assistant FBI director under Comey. When Comey was let go, he was supposed to become the acting um, 
director. Well, it's come out now, and he has admitted that uh, today that he told 60 Minutes, Scott Pelley, that there were talks about removing President Donald Trump from office via the 25th Amendment among him and other Justice Department officials. And that the talks came soon after Trump fired former FBI Director James Comey, who was widely ridiculed by partisans on both the left and the right. Stewart, a Republican from Utah, appeared on Fox News following the bombshell report and laid into McCabe for engaging in actions that the congressman said likened to a coup and to attempted treason. Hmm. This is not a story that's going to go away. It's not going to go away. And everybody now is asking, well, maybe Trump was right about DOJ and FBI being against him the whole time. Certainly points to it. Yeah, it really does. That's that's interesting. And then secondly, this is a big story. Is the uh, the Green New Deal? They're going to the uh, the Senate's going to force a vote on it. How many Democrats do you believe will vote for it, and how many do you believe will vote against it? Well, I mean, let's start with the obvious answer: is it's going to fail miserably. Yeah, uh, it's going to be one of the but, worst bills ever run. Yeah, absolutely, but. The interesting part about this is you've got you know you've got a Democratic primary for president already underway, and they are going to fight. I've said this from the very beginning; they're going to continue to fight to the left of each other to try to win the primary. They've already started. They've already started. So I think that's the big question here: is is this is sort of our first big test of that uh, with the Cory Booker's, the Kamala Harris's, Klobuchar's, Elizabeth like, Warren, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, let's. We'll find out. I mean, I think you're going to have some that feel like they have to vote on that, vote yes on that deal, and it's going to stick with them for a long time. Yeah. It's a very, very difficult situation for them to it be really in. It really is. And we're not even through February of 2019 Harris, yet. So. Harris has already signed on. Yeah. Booker has already signed on. Warren, I don't know if she signed on I or not. Think I, she, think, I, mean, yeah, I don't know. I think she may have kind of punted huh. on it. Uh, she'd be interested. Well, that might that. be the first good decision of that a Democrat in their primary yeah, so far. You're, you're right about that. But I'm telling you, once they, I mean, once that sticks to you, it is going to be extremely difficult for one of those individuals to get out of a primary and win a general election with that pegged you. I yeah. just, I just, it's, but that Elizabeth, is, it's the nature Elizabeth of it. Warren can stand in front of the other two and goes, bounces off me and sticks to you. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I can just almost hear Let the entertainment that. begin. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's going to be entertaining because who wants to be known to support the Green New Deal other than the folks that are on the far left to start with? Right. If you're running to be president and, and running to be your party's champion that is a non-starter for you yeah i agree at least i would think no i think what you've seen over the last few elections too is that you know both the left and the right have gone further left and right and you're starting to leave a a bigger gap in the middle of individuals who i do think probably think more either uh moderate right moderate left it's not an all you know all left all right sort of thing but i will say this in a republican primary 
I think it's, and I think we've seen this from history, is that it's it's a little easier to walk back from the right than it is to walk back from the left. Once you go all out and, and you're for uh, universal health care, uh, oh, uh, Green New Deal. Yeah, Whew. well, there's nothing in this, so we're good. Oh. <laughs> uh, but this Green New Deal, I mean, it's really, really tough to say, well, I didn't actually mean that. You know well, what I mean? See, I think you can survive. I think you can survive Medicare for all yeah. or, or Medicaid for all Me- yeah. or whatever it is that they want. You cannot you cannot Not this, yeah. you cannot uh, survive if you go the GND. You are making your uh, you are sort of staking uh, uh, you know your philosophy to a specific platform immediately, and it's going to be very tough to be like ah, actually you know what I didn't really mean that sort of thing. Once you so, get back to this, the, I think this thing might be the the best thing that's happened to the Republican Party in a long time. Sure, just because Republicans have a hard time nailing down their own principles, and if Democrats will nail down their own principles, it might make them look like a bunch of morons. Well, and, and, that's and hard it, to do. <laughs> no, I certainly think that this is a uh, this is if you're the DNC, this is certainly not what you what you want to be leading the news coverage with right now. Uh, and that's and right. it's and going to eliminate a, a lot of those candidates immediately. And if you're a what the the former governor and uh, was that um, maybe Massachusetts or I can't remember who all's in it right now, but anybody that's not in Congress that has declared uh, for the Democratic uh, primary, got to be feeling pretty. Uh, pretty good about not having to take this vote yeah well you got also you got uh you know what do you do when you're part of the democrat party and you got new york you have the state of virginia the state of new york and now the state of massachusetts all saying hey we're good about abortion all the way through birth that's not going to play well as far as the thing is, though, they, they may be it may part of the problem may be that they're living in this little echo chamber on either coast, and they don't realize how no, moronic no. that here, sounds. Here, no, well, they've been moronic from the very beginning. The chickens are coming home to roost now. What they've always believed is being exposed. I'm well, just saying, there's more to be exposed. Well, I, I about think they this become stuff. maybe less afraid to expose themselves on it. Well, I, that's because they think they think they're main, the, they're the country has gone far left. The country has never gone far left. Not this far at least. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk more. J.R. Davis is our guest. We will be talking to him until uh, 3 o'clock on the Dave Ellswick Show. Alright, back on with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Third floor, house side. See the governor making his way down the steps behind us. A, he's a happy camper, I guess. Well, is that the governor? It's yeah, not the governor. That's the governor. It is. That is him. It was him. I thought. I thought it was. And then I looked back to the right, and that wasn't the governor. It was somebody else standing there. I went, Who is that? I saw Charlie Collins today. He was yeah. here at the Capitol. I yep. Said hello to him. He said, "Hi, Dave. I wish I was here." And I said, "So do I." Yeah. No. See another positive gun vote. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm telling you. Uh, uh, you know, Charlie's over at DFNA doing budget stuff. Oh, I didn't One of the that. best pickups ever. I mean, that guy knows his stuff. Left, you know, left and right, just knows it. And he's been a huge asset uh, to the team. So it's good to have Charlie uh, and, and his voice still here uh, talking about budgets and, and helping us get through this uh, uh, highway and tax plan. So it's been really good to have him on board. All right, so... I want to come back and talk to you about highway for quickly. I want to mention that Sonny's Auto Salvage is your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Why buy new parts? Why buy a new car when you can go to Sonny's and uh, get 
uh, apart from a uh, well-maintained total loss of vehicle and and save a lot of money, about 50% off of an EOM part. And uh, who knows how much you're going to save if you don't buy another car because cars now are so expensive. Five or seven-year plans uh, for you to buy a car are not, you know, un strange or not strange at all and 72 months seems to be becoming the normal and uh, you know I, I get to the point that once I pay for a car I don't want another car payment so that's what I've been doing with my car got put a new engine in it put a put in a, a uh, transmission in it cost me a little over five thousand dollars if I'd done it EOM it would have cost me well over ten thousand dollars and I won't be paying seven hundred dollars a month for a car payment uh, call R.D. over at Sunny's Auto Salvage. Let him help you out the same way he helped me. Call him at 982-7451, 982-7451. All right, J.R. is our guest here on the Dave Ellswick Show. He is the governor's spokesman. I've asked him to come by today, kind of pick up what's going on in the, in the governor's uh, office. I'm out here on the, the House side and end up with a lot of of uh, senators coming over here we got to kind of offer them food and stuff to get them to come on the outside <laughs> but we get them over here to talk to us as well and uh, i'm hearing a lot of stuff over on the house side uh, jr that there's a lot of concern about the governor's highway bill is he getting a lot of questions you know i think you have to back up for a second and, and look at the tax plan itself. Uh, once it passed the the Senate, came over to the House. There was a lot of House members that said, "Hey, look, we got to have we got to have a plan. We got to look at something." We've talked about this before, Dave. Where you know, going into the session, the governor always made it clear about what he wanted to do as far as referring a uh, a half cent sales tax extension to the people to see if we can keep that going in perpetuity. Also with gas and diesel, uh, but the governor also said, "Look, you know, the legislature legislates. If they have a plan that they can bring forward, want to." provide them some latitude uh, to bring that plan uh, uh, to the legislature for debate. And I think that there had been multiple plans, uh, and the governor basically you know, got to work, working with legislative leadership, uh, uh, other members of the legislature, DFNA, uh, to put forth a plan that we feel like uh, is, is an appropriate plan, uh, is a responsible plan. It doesn't put all of the burden on the people of Arkansas, um, but absolutely the legislature has to uh, uh, to vote on this and, and send it uh, to the governor's desk. So, you know, the breakdown of the bill, it's, it's sort of two parts. Uh, the first would be a referred amendment uh, to the people, which would continue the half-cent sales tax, which was passed okay. in 2012. Uh, that runs out, I think, on January 1st, 2023. Uh, and so what this would do would... Uh, allow uh, the Arkansas Highway Department to continue that half-cent sales tax. And instead of having to pay off bonds, it puts the state in a position to be able to pay for construction as we go. All right, so, so we're not solid finance. So would that exactly. take away the sunset and make it permanent? Yes, it would no, take away so it would that. Make it, make it, a- it, would make it, uh, it would make it permanent. Um, but again, this is... Uh, you know, something that the voters passed in 2012. I think part of it was that the, especially Northwest Arkansas saw what 
that would mean to that area. Okay. Uh, they saw a lot of infrastructure improvements, uh, the widening of, of uh, 49 up there. Uh, and so I think that's sort of what has to happen in this particular instance where the highway department's got to get out there and say, this is what we this is what we plan to do with this money. Uh, and people just want to be able to see that this is going to go towards more than just maintenance, uh, that we're going to be able to, to go after some of the big projects that have been lacking for some time, whether it's, uh, you know, North 412 or 49, and we've talked about it before. Uh, but there's projects all around the state uh, that, that certainly need to be focused on. Uh, so that's part of it. So that's the referred amendment. Um, and, and the people will get a choice uh, on whether or not to continue that or not to continue that. Uh, that's that's their prerogative. Uh, obviously, the governor will support it. Um, and then the other part of the plan is, is $95 million, uh, and it's broken up into three different parts. One is a uh, new index on uh, gas and diesel, three cents on gas, six cents on diesel, uh, and then about a, a $100 and $200 um, fee for hybrid and electric vehicles. And the reason for that is because uh, sales tax on gas and diesel continue to decline as electric and hybrid cars continue to uh, multiply uh, on the interstate. And so in the past, they haven't had to pay any sort of fee, and they've gotten around sort of the user fee for those roads. Uh, this would sort of offset that. Um, and then there's a $35 million uh, uh, amount from general revenue uh, that would come from the revenues from casinos. Uh, once those are up and running, uh, it may take a couple of years, um, but the governor has committed to using some of the restricted reserve funds uh, to offset that until the casinos get up over the $35 million, which we expect it to do. Mm-hmm. So we're not saying that we're you know, uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul, if you will. We're not saying that we're taking from education or from prisons or from public safety. We're saying this is a new revenue from casinos that was passed by the people, and we're going to use those funds uh, to to put towards highways, um, and so that's that's the other part of the plan. All right, now I need you to just hold on. Okay, We're going to take a break. Okay, when we come back, we'll pick it up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So one of the big questions from Facebook and and uh, some other areas is, okay, Ellswick, you're going to have a birthday tomorrow. So how old are you? I'll be 66 tomorrow. Bob from. Greenbrier, Bob Thompson from Greenbrier. Yeah. We talked about him several months ago. He had cancer. Yeah. And he's, he's doing quite a bit better, I think. Good. So he, he wished you a happy birthday. Sent me a message. Said to okay. say happy birthday. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yes, it is my 66th um, rotation. Around the Around the sun. sun. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you should get a medal for that. Or not. I'm just saying, <laughs> I've gone around 66 times, what can I say, and haven't uh, had anything really bad happen to me. Uh, we've got J.R. Davis on right now, and he is the governor's spokesman. want to come back, and because I misunderstood something, and I always want to come and clear things up if I've misunderstood something. I have said several times during my show that the governor had said that he was against the 3% increase on gas and 6% increase on diesel fuel, when in fact what he said is that he wanted to refer that to the people to make the decision on whether they wanted to apply that tax or not. Okay, so there is a difference there, and I just wanted to make sure everybody understood that and that the reason that the governor is now saying, okay, this is what you guys want to do, then this is what we'll do. He's going to find consensus with them. 
sure, and with that's, the legislature. Right, and that's what this is all about. I mean, th- those early conversations, the governor has said that, look, we've got to have a long-term highway plan. It's essential for our state to continue its growth. We're on a good path right now, but there are infrastructure projects that we, we, we have to be able to start picking up and, and moving forward with. Um, there's been a huge debate on the amount. You've had the highway department say we need $478 million. Uh, the governor's had conversations with legislators and said, I'm comfortable with anything between 250 and 300. Um, and uh, but he said before too that look he would prefer a a referred amendment to the people um, on a long term highway plan. So um, they uh, have a say in it as well. However. Uh, I think through those conversations, uh, it was clear because the governor did give uh, a lot of latitude to, legislate, to legislators to you know go around and, and, and kind of figure out what what plan uh, is workable that can garner consensus. And I think after those conversations, it's clear that uh, you know the legislator knows that legislature knows that this is a uh, uh, an important priority, not just of the governor's but but for the state, uh, and don't want to put the entire. Um, decision on the people of Arkansas. They sent them down here, and so there's a decision to be made, and they're fine with taking that uh, vote. The governor supports it. That's why he came out with a plan with legislative leadership, Arkansas Good Roads Foundation, the Truckers Association. Uh, you know, and Dave, to, to the to what you said earlier, it's, so it's a three-cent increase in gas. Wholesale. All wholesale. And a six-cent increase on, on diesel wholesale. And that's and that, I think, speaks a lot of volumes to the Arkansas Trucker Association. They, they understand how important it is to get our roads fixed. Uh, farm-to-market roads and all that sort of stuff. So uh, that that's the plan. It would be a collective, uh, you know, it's a $95 million plan. It would be about $88 million as far as um, any sort of, of, of increase. That was that was a table that fell yes. a long way. <laughs> Whew. All right. Um, you can get up from underneath yeah, the table. Yeah, I was about to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just glad Zach's got that Facebook thing working. As yeah. People can tell that I was not under You're the table. Another table. No. Almost. <laughs> One more of those and I would have been. Um, no, so basically this, uh, this plan, you've got to put it in perspective. Over the last four years, uh, we have uh, cut taxes uh, in this state by... Uh, about $213 million. Uh, we've got the governor's $97 million tax plan that was just passed. Uh, final passage day in the House is another $97 million. We're pushing for the Homestead tax credit, which would be another uh, uh, cut of $12.5 million. So in all, over the last four years, when you include the uh, tax cut that passed today, uh, and with the $12.5 million in homestead tax credit, which is still being debated right now, it's still a net tax relief to the taxpayer of $233 million. That is, that's not counting the corporate tax cuts, which I fully expect to uh, uh, come out of this session at some point. So we're, we're, this is a, simply a user fee, and those who, pay, uh, those who use the roads more will pay more for it. Those who do not will not. And I think the most important thing to take out of this is those cuts are mainly from income tax. That's the money that comes straight out of your paycheck. You have no decision uh, whether it comes out or not. Uh, and I think being able to give the people of Arkansas a choice uh, rather than just taking it, uh, I think is a, is a really important uh, aspect of this. And I'll also mention, too, that if you're traveling 20,000 miles uh, in a given year on 18 miles per gallon, uh, you're going to spend about 30, I think, $3 a year, which is about $2.77 uh, bucks a month uh, for the highway plan. And that's it. 
Uh, when you put that in contrast to just the middle class income tax cut, uh, someone making around thirty-five thousand dollars a year saved one hundred and ten uh, bucks a year, and those making around seventy-five, uh, I think somewhere around two hundred forty-six dollars a year. So, uh, it, it's important to look at the big picture. Uh, but this is this is an important priority for the future of Arkansas. Okay, so um, will the governor keep his eye on the trucking industry? I mean, I understand that they'll say, yeah, we'll go along with that 6% increase, but they can pass it along to the consumers. I mean, will they not raise their rates? to make up for the 6% they're going to pay on, on diesel? So, and I know you say 6%, so just it's the $0.06 cent increase and then a $0.03 cent increase. Uh, okay, $0.06. And I think, but, I, but I think that this is a, a good faith effort. They understand that this is important. Uh, that they And it's not, this is what you have to put in, in, in perspective for the for the trucking association. I mean, this is wear and tear on their vehicles every single day that they are taking, uh, you know, whatever goods they're transporting back and forth across the state. You also have to remember, though, too, that this is a that there's a multi-state sort of agreement that if a truck takes off from Memphis and parks in Tulsa, they 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 have to factor in how many miles they travel through Arkansas. They may have never even filled up in Arkansas. They still have to pay that money back to the state. So that part is is absolutely ironclad. That's already in place. And so we this is this is certainly something that the truck the truckers uh, are are taking uh, because they know this is important. Uh, and I think a majority of Arkansans know that this is important, especially if you live in a burgeoning area like Jonesboro uh, or uh, you know the outskirts of, of Little Rock and and, and uh, or down seventy one where forty nine should be uh, at this point. You know that that these are these are real. Uh, important issues to the people of Arkansas, and I think it's important for the future of our state. All right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that. Uh, breaking news President Donald Trump says he will sign spending legislation to prevent a government shutdown while declaring a national emergency to try to build his proposed border wall. That is, according to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Uh, quote, he's prepared to sign the bill. He will also be issuing a national emergency declaration at the same time, that according to the Kentucky Republican, uh, and he said that to the chamber as they prepared to vote on a measure to keep the government open past a midnight Friday deadline. We'll talk more about that uh, in the next hour when we'll have uh, Congressman French Hill on, and I'm sure he'll have some things to say about that as well. So that's what's happening, and like we tell you here on the Dave Ellswick Show, as it happens, we try to tell you what's going down. We'll come back more of uh, JR with us when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Uh, we're into our final segment with JR today. Uh, good to have him uh, sitting here in the um, house side of the of the Capitol here on the third floor. Uh, JR, I don't know if the governor talks and meetings with people about this. I don't know if the legislature is meeting about this. Here's all I know. The highway department, or the highway, the way we fund our highway seems to be crazy. And it just seems that way to me. There seems to be, there's got to be a change, and there's got to be these five people that get appointed by the governor and other, I don't know if there's other people or just the governor or whatever, that make all these decisions. We've got to have a a better way of doing things. Is, is there any talk about that? I mean, it comes down to the people of Arkansas because it's Absolutely. going to be a constitutional amendment that they have to agree to. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I was talking about this during the break. Uh, but, you know, that's the conversations that the governor has had. And he's had those for a very long time. You guys remember in 2016, we had the Highway Improvement Act, which was a short term yeah. five year plan. Uh, because we needed to think really long and hard about this to know exactly what we need to put forth to the people of Arkansas and, you know, for what the legislature is going to take up as far as a vote goes. Uh, you know, you guys have heard the numbers. They've been from everywhere from, you know, uh, around 300 to $478 million. Uh, for, excuse me, $478 million, yes. And that's not even, that's not even taking in I-30 yet. Right. I'm well, sorry. I mean, no, I thirty. We have no idea how much that's right. going to go. Yeah, just read the paper, and I think that. But that's what the governor's taking into consideration, and that's why he said, "Look, I'm not. I'm not. We're not doing 478 million dollars because he's comfortable with a 250 to 300 million dollar plan. Uh, we've arrived at a 300 million dollar plan. Uh, it is a user fee. It is not taken directly out of anybody's pockets. We've cut taxes uh, by hundreds of millions of dollars over four years." And the governor uh, and the legislative leadership feel this is an appropriate plan to move forward to give people uh, an option, number one, but also uh, to uh, put us in a position that we can, uh, you know, grow our state from an infrastructure standpoint. But at the same time, too, he said, "I'm not. We're not doing 478. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with 300 million, and I want to know what you're going to do with that 300 million." Uh, and I think that that puts the onus a little bit on. Uh, and again, I think the governor's supportive of this. It's part of his plan, uh, but I do think part of the onus is is on the highway department to say, "This is what we're going to do with this uh, additional money uh, for Arkansas highways and infrastructure." That's what people need to see. Uh, and, and I think that's important. I mean, if you if you ask the, the highway department, this is what they tell us, is that, you know, according to uh, RDOT, $300 million would create about $7.4 billion investment over 10 years, replace all structurally deficient bridges in the state, uh, improve 7,300 of the 7,900 highway miles in Arkansas. It's about 90% of all trafficked highways in the state, create about 3,900 jobs yearly over 10 years, uh, and generate about $8.2 billion in economic activity. That's just some of the information. We want to also know exactly what this money is going to go towards. And I don't think it's just our office asking. I know it's not. I know the legislature wants to know, too, hey, how, where is this money going to go? What projects are you going to uh, infuse with this money? Uh, and, and how are the people of Arkansas going to benefit from their dollars going into the highway department? But, Dave, you bring up a very good point. This is way, 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 way before the governor ever took office. But I think some people don't understand how the highway department is set up. In state government, uh, the governor has about 26,000 employees that report directly to him as far as agencies go. Correct. There's, uh, I want to say, around 30,000 more higher education that do not answer to the governor. Those are just universities. And then you have two independent agencies, which is Arkansas Game and Fish and the highway department, which means they do not answer to the executive branch uh, and in most cases don't answer to the legislative branch. Uh, so I think there is some sort of lack of oversight to know exactly where some of these numbers are going. But I think as we approach uh, the 2020 uh, election, uh, this this uh, amendment is going to be out there. People are going to have questions and they're going to have to answer those so questions. I have, I have a question. So they say they don't really answer the legislative branch either, but they do have to have to submit to the purse. The legislative branch gives them right. Yeah, I mean, yes, there is some oversight there, but it's certainly not a hey, spend this money on this. Right. And you, that's and that's what I'm. Is there any way to actually 
put some teeth in it? Can you earmark it specifically in any way? I mean, is, and I is think there that anything that's, we can do to, to I, tell the hardware department you can't sure. just blow money on well on flowers and and that, and that's the thing. And so th- this is uh, bike trails because I understand what you're saying. And, and the short answer is I, I don't know what has to be done in, mm-hmm. in, in that case. I know that obviously an amendment uh, would probably be the uh, the overall. You know, uh, fix or transition, but and let me say this too, backing up. I, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to know everything that goes into highway construction in this mm-hmm. state. So right. perhaps it's all being used for what it needs to be used for. But that's the problem: is we need to know exactly. And I think that's what I mean by the legislature is that there's no way to say this has to go there, this has to go there, and that's where there's that independent factor. And there's no oversight per se. But, 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 but for, yeah, for for specific projects and and where that money needs to go. But, so, but is that true though? Is, is there is there a solid reason why we can't? designate money towards specific projects. I mean, well, I mean, I guess... I realize if, it may not again, be traditional, you, but can we think outside the box? Well, and again, the, the answer is, I mean, I, I don't have that answer, but mm-hmm. I will say that, you know, before the 2016 uh, um, uh, Highway Improvement Act, there was no general revenue that went to highways. It was all special revenue. It's still a majority special revenue. So that's, that's part of, I think... Uh, Kind of the part answer to your question is it's not coming from general revenue now. So you don't. Really, so we really don't have an awful lot of control over that money then. Well, that's what I'm. That's, it's general. And that's what I mean is that it goes. But we're we're saying that we're going to put thirty five million dollars from casino revenues uh, into highways, uh, and I think it's more of a bully pulpit type of uh, strategy here to say, look, we, we got people got to know. People got to know where this is going, and there's going to be people that are uh, held to that threshold and, and exactly what, what has been stated over the next year and a half, two years. And I think that's important. But I, I don't want to understate that the governor fully supports a long-term highway plan. We have to have one in this state. We have moved forward in so many different areas in Arkansas, including our taxation. I mean, in two years, we're going to be at 5.9%, which will be lower than Louisiana in line with Missouri, lower than Georgia, lower than South Carolina. And finally, from a competitive standpoint, we can compete for jobs with some of these surrounding states where CEOs do look at our high income tax rate and say, well, you know, sure, we could go there, but it's cheaper over here. If we get to 5.9%, now they're coming to us and saying, okay, you're not the lowest in the region, but you have a, an incredibly low cost of living. You have an incredibly low cost of doing business. It makes sense to be here in Arkansas. But then part of that is infrastructure. If you're going to have a business move into the state, they want to know that they can get to uh, a major interstate quickly. Uh, they want to know that they have access to rails. I mean, there's all these sort of things that, that, uh, that are part of that economic development uh, strategy, and I think that's that's why all of this sort of goes hand in hand. But I think it's the most appropriate thing, and most responsible thing to do is say we are we are giving more of your money back every two weeks or every month, however you get paid. You are getting that money back, and then there's a user fee on roads because we have to be able to collectively take care of our roads if we're going to use them to move us forward as a state. So a choice versus no choice, and I think that's the right step. All right, so. Will will it take the the state legislature to come up with the intestinal fortitude to change the highway commission to come up with a a uh, constitutional amendment that they put out to the people of Arkansas and say we need to do better on what how we build our roads the highway commission is not the best way this is and put it out to them and say let's change it you know I mean I can't. Uh 
speak for the legislature. Uh, well, I know, I know that. We're right, no, well, I know you know that. I uh, I just mean that it's it's. I don't know what the appetite is for that. Uh, I know that there is some frustration um, with with general numbers and that sort of thing. And I think you can see that. That's not that's not a knock to to the highway department, but we've seen that fluctuate over just the last year of what they said they need versus what they need and, and that sort of thing. And so I think it's a. It's an, it's the issue is transparency. Uh, we want to push for more of that to make sure that people know exactly where that money's going. But the governor is confident that a three hundred million dollar plan will certainly push Arkansas forward. It's the largest highway plan in Arkansas's history. Uh, we are about economic development. We are about giving money back to the people, and that's what this uh, this is what that's what that this agenda from the governor from teacher pay to tax cuts to highway plan uh, uh, reflects. So is there any way that we can actually get some specifics about what they're going to do with the money? I know you're asking them for specifics. Is there any way we can get a hold of those specifics? Well, and, and I think, I mean, I, look, I, there's no, I'm not hiding anything here. I, we absolutely uh, want to know the specifics. And I think the highway department knows that if this is going to pass, they have to show specifics. I mean, what is it? I mean, cause I, I'd like to know, are we going to get... Is I thirty going to get a new overlay? Sure. Is I think, forty going to get? What, what, what as, are we asking? And that's the what governors want right. to know that too. Yeah, right. yeah we, no, we, we want to know that too. And I think it's imperative to say here is the list of projects, mm-hmm. whether it's maintenance on some or major projects that they're going to focus on. Absolutely, I think that is what everybody in the state of Arkansas who cares a hill of beans about highways and infrastructure wants to see is the plan moving forward. So if we're going to provide the funding, if the people of Arkansas are going to provide some funding. We need to know exactly where this money is going, and so and I, and I think that's appropriate. They know that, and I think you'll start seeing more of that as we get closer to the the twenty twenty election. All right, so let me break this down for the listeners. We have three minutes left here, and that is one: the three cent and six cent diesel gas is going to be determined by the legislature. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. The uh, you're going to get money out of uh, the casinos. Correct. $35 million guaranteed minimum each year. Money's coming out of there. And where was, what was the third one again? Was the, third the third one is, is a fee on hybrid and electric vehicles. There we go. And that is, again, to offset the, the continuing decrease in, in gas and diesel uh, revenue just because people are transitioning from that. And then the people will vote on the half-cent. The half-cent sales tax extension, yes. Okay. And then, again, that's a referred amendment. That Obviously, no decision has been made on that, but it was filed as of yesterday. I think that was the deadline. Um, so there will certainly be more debate on that. But, yes, you are correct. Okay. So bottom line is keep listening to the show. We'll let you know when they start debating the three and the six, and if you're for or against, you'll know you need to start calling at that point to let yeah. you know how you want your legislator to react, who your whoever's in the House, whoever's in the Senate. Absolutely. And again, I know we got to go, but uh, I just think it's important to take a look at the big picture. Everything that we've done with tax cuts in the last four years versus this user fee for uh, roads. And, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, again, 20,000 miles a year at 18 miles per gallon is roughly $2.77 a month uh, compared to what we've done in just the middle class tax cut alone. you got the low income, the grocery tax, a new $97 million uh, income tax cut that just passed the House today. So we are in great shape in Arkansas. But we got to continue to move forward, and that's what this plan does. JR, thanks for the time. I know you're really, really busy. 
Uh, please tell the governor, again, that he's always welcome to Absolutely. come over. And that I'll see him when he signs the free speech bill. Perfect. Yeah, I'll keep you posted that. on that. Thank and you very much. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. I am much. going to bring you a copy with a bow. So oh, be okay. A <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. All right. Today, right. Bell's Thanks, Show. We're back in just a few moments. All right. With you here as we move into the 3 o'clock hour, we were expecting to have uh, Dr. Terry Yamauchi on with us today. Uh, infectious diseases over at uh, the Arkansas Children's Hospital, UAMS. Bring us up to date on what's going on as far as, uh, you know, uh, the flu season's going. Uh, although it broke uh, pretty pretty heavily on when it started, things have really kind of tailed off a little bit. And perhaps the uh, shots that we got this year are a little bit better than they were at least last year. Last year. They were terrible. They did not even. They didn't even have any part of the strain of of uh, flu that was out this year. Looks like they may have done a little bit better about that. So, uh, but he will not be with us today because he is going to be um, home in bed. So we'll get him back on uh, next week sometime uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll be off tomorrow. I'm taking uh, a sick day. I got to go see the doctor in the morning, and then in the afternoon, I decided I just would stay home, recuperating from my doctor's visit, and um, enjoy my birthday as best as I could after the the doctor visit that I have. Not going to get into what it's about, but as a guy, it's not a pleasant one. Just so you'll know. So I'm going to stay home and um, celebrate my birthday, which is tomorrow. And then Monday I will be off because Monday is President's Day. Tomorrow, Robert Steinbach will sit in for me, and uh, he'll do the Friday show. Monday, it'll be a best of Dave Ellswick show for you. And uh, Zach, who puts those together, goes and picks out the most succulent, tender, (laughs) delicious pieces of my show that I've done that he thinks that we should share again, and they have to meet a high standard. I've gone to him and said, can you do this one? No. Why? Because it's not as good as this part. And so, anyway, that shows you how much control I really have over my show. (laughs) You know, Zach tells me now what I can and can't do. Anyway, uh, that's that's what's coming up, uh, up over the next few days. And just so you know, later on in March, I can tell you right away, up that evening and then go see the Saturday and Sunday ball games. I've been watching like a like a hawk to buy my uh, the Globe Life Park in Arlington is what it's called. For the tickets to go on sale, they haven't gone on sale yet. And uh, I want to sit on the third base side, about eight rows up. And I think they're about eighty dollar a ticket in that area but should be fine with me I, you know I don't go enough ball games to worry about it eating into my revenue too badly 
Now, if I have a hot dog and a beer with it, that's a different story. <laughs> Is that another forty dollars? It could be. I don't know. It. I think. I think probably a, a cold one will run you somewhere between twelve and fourteen dollars wow. for a twelve ounce beer and a hot dog. What do you think? Probably ten dollars, Zach. Less, more, more. About oh, fifteen wow. bucks. Oh, for a hot wow. dog. Now, if it's a ballpark, Frank, I might be able to buy it without too much chagrin. And if it's an all-beef and not a mixture of the leftover pork that they didn't use for pork roasts and things of that nature. A few rats here and there. Yeah, well, ears, ears, snout, lips. I'd rather not be eating that, you know, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I just want everybody to know that everybody knows that I'm a big Cub fan and I'll... If they're going to be within five hours of me, I'm going to go and see them. I'm going to try to get up to Bush Stadium this year. I've never been to Bush since they tore the old one down and built the new one. So I'd like to go and and check out the Cardinals' ballpark. Just their ballpark, not their team. (laughs) 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 I can see Russ right now. He's breaking pencils. But the bottom line is, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for that. I love baseball. Man, I love baseball. My heart was beating a little faster yesterday, as pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. I was ready. I'm ready. They're getting. They're there in Florida, and they're out in, in uh, you know, was it Tempe and in, in uh, Arizona, yeah, and doing their thing out there. Some of those minor league ballparks that uh, some of them have. I mean, in Tampa, that's where the Yankees have their spring training. Their ballpark for for uh, spring training is freaking awesome. I, it must uh, it must seat twenty five to thirty thousand people, and it was packed the time that I went by. Mm-hmm. I had- guys that are vying to play in the you know for for the team during regular season wow. half of them aren't even with them right then they're they're playing games somewhere else it's really wild <laughs> And get our, our first break in, and we'll come back. Paul and I have things to talk about. Let's go back and kind of deconstruct a little bit what um, Jr. said. Okay. Because I kind of liked. I'm I'm happy now to know that the governor is not reneging on not you know the support the three and the six. Mm-hmm. He's not supporting it still, but he's making the. He's not going to kill it because the uh, legislature said. We want it. We're taking, we're going to take the blame for it, you know, if we pass this tax. Okay. Let's talk about that when we come back. Uh, 14 minutes after uh, 3, the Dave Ellswick Show. We're live, west, uh, basically west side of the uh, of the uh, Capitol, but we're on the third floor on the House side. A break and then more in just a moment. Really? Yeah. All right, back with you. Come, come to my microphone. <laughs> 
Jan, Jan Morgan's here. She's been covering what's going on uh, with uh, clarifying gun rights, and she's been broadcasting from here on her uh, Facebook. She just made a statement. I, I, I didn't catch all of it. Mm-hmm. Today, uh, Rapert's bill passed in the House overwhelmingly, by the way. However, a Republican spoke out against it. Who yes, was it? Dan Douglas. Uh, it was uh, you know, pretty shocking. Uh, he he says he's pro-life, and he opened his statement by saying that I'm pro-life. But, but you know, it's kind of like but, I'm I'm for the Second Amendment. But, but yeah, and well, then he proceeded his his. You, you forget everything they say. From right there after on. that, I'm pro-life. But <laughs> uh, and his was from a very personal perspective. He talked about a family member, and you know, basically he said he just you know, uh, women should be able to choose. And he was very passionate. I hope that people will get a chance to go back and look on the Arkansas Legislative uh, website and look at the video that was shot of that. If not, you can go to my Facebook page. I broadcasted. I broadcast the entire uh, speeches live. Good. Uh, Mary Bentley, of course, pro- uh, supported it, and there were two Republicans that spoke in favor of it, and then the Democrats, two Democrats, and then there was Dan Douglas, the Republican. Oh, speaking of, hey. people just kind of make their way through here, and when we see them, we grab them, and... Uh, Brent Smith has made his way over. My and, new hero. And uh, grabbed. Yes. The, the okay. whole, in a nice way. Okay. All right. You got your gun rights uh, uh, resolution, resolution through. Sure did. Talk a little bit about that. What was well, the final vote? I think we got, uh, well, I'm not sure what the final vote there was, but because it was a voice vote, oh. a resolution. All right. But... Uh, we were going to ask that it be roll called whether we won or lost. Yeah. And because I wanted it to go up on the board for record. Yeah, of course. And uh, I was asked not to do that, that the, that the resolution looked good. There were people supporting it on both sides of the aisle. So in, instead of maybe putting them on the spot where they couldn't support some other legislation coming down, I said, you know what? I won't do that to embarrass anybody. We got the votes. It passed. And and I don't know if you were watching or not, but... I was sitting here. I couldn't okay. be in there. I decided that I didn't want this to descend into chaos. Okay. I went down. I presented the resolution. It was read in its entirety. I made a simple statement, and I stepped away from the well to prevent that popping up for questions and chaos. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was called, you know, I closed for it, and that was it. And we didn't even have anybody go down and speak against it. Which is a great thing. Not even a Democrat. No, no. (laughs) And so, you know, um, I think a lot of our legislators, even on the opposite side of the aisle, had constituents that said, we like this. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, the Second Amendment is not... Partisan. Just a Republican issue. Yes, yeah, not partisan. So, I played. Uh, I played my part, and uh, I'm just real grateful to the colleagues on the House Judiciary, and also those in the House Chamber today. They did. They did the right thing. Oh, so, I, I so does this go on over to the Senate? And will they bring this up too? It, it does. It as does. a matter of fact, and I, I'm I'm going to withhold the sponsor's name on the Senate okay. end out of respect, but. Okay. As soon as that resolution passed, I texted this member and said, 
ball is in your court. Pass. Yeah, that's exactly the phrase I use. The ball is in. Are you on my? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not watching. He's, but, he's a member of the NSA. Yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> well, you know, there's 17 different intelligence agencies out there, so that's we right. don't know what they're doing. But I got this text back, and it was just like, great. You bet, you know. And I said, it's up to you. And they said, yes, we're ready. So Good. I've learned something from this whole experience. What have you learned? From Representative Smith. You know, because I'm the person sitting back there, I want names. I want to see the names of the people who vote against the rights of the people. And so I I like to play hardball. But what Representative Smith did was achieve success by playing smartball. (laughs) <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to play smart and not be as hard. And he's, you know, he's done a great job with that. And it's been a learning experience for me, uh, Representative Smith. Well, and I just thank you so much for that. I appreciate those kind words. Uh, someone told me this week, they said, you know, you're so soft-spoken. <laughs> Such a nice guy. And uh, I thought, well, you've never really seen me angry. Because I, there's a there's an alternate side two, two to Two years ago, you know, I saw him angry a few oh, really? times. Yeah. I want to hear about that later. I'll tell you. Was it yeah. good? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it was pieces of legislation that was shot down for no good reason. Well, and see, this week was really, truly victorious for me because we got the uh, gun clarification resolution out of, you know, out. Right. And then we got it off the floor today, went back and ran, re-ran the anti-care resolution that asks law enforcement in the state of Arkansas not to uh, cooperate with the Center for uh, American and Islamic Relations because they're a terrorist organization. Yeah, CARE. Yeah, CARE. And they don't well, care. the FBI has listed them as a terrorist <laughs> they organization. They definitely the have. The feds have backed away from them, so well, it only makes see, sense. That their fundraising here in the United States is simply a front to funnel money Launder money yep. back to Hamas, yep. Hezbollah, and no telling how many other affiliate but that's jihadist big, groups. That's your two big organizations. Right. But this week, uh, Colonel Paul Deckert and also Christopher Holton came in for me. And uh, when the chair of the Aging Children and Youth that was going to hear that resolution said, You want to run it tomorrow? I said, Yeah. <laughs> and so. Uh, I'm, I'm thankful to uh, Representative Fight for allowing us to sit there again and run that bill and or that resolution. And we got 12 votes out of the committee, and uh, that was a sweet victory. Sure. Now, you're, you're a tough guy. You're, you're also the one who, weren't you responsible for the anti-Sharia uh, yeah. legislation yeah. several years ago? You that, step out there on the I, issues that are so controversial, nobody wants well, to touch. That's when I saw him smoking. Let me hey. tell you, I've had to have several suits dry cleaned because I have never been spit on yeah, so often. So much. And uh, Marcus Richmond, uh, Representative Richmond, our majority leader, had to escort me several times down to the hearing room and, uh, you know, when you're in trouble, call in the Marines. You know, so where's the that retired come from? Marine colonel. But where is that? What is that in you that that drives you to bring to the table the issues that most people who are elected officials, even though they might support it, don't want to to be in the middle of that kind of fight? What what is it in you that uh, drives you to do that? I think there's about three things that can define me. Number one, I'm a firstborn son, firstborn in my family. Secondly, 
my personality type, and for those of you listeners that can Google this, take these four letters down, E-N-T-J. I'm an E-N-T-J. And I'm going to let you all do your research on that. But the last, the last defining thing is I have a deep commitment to my faith in Christ. And, uh, you know, Jesus, he, he never backed away. Mm-hmm. He tipped the tables over in the temple of the money changers. And so some days when I rise from my sleep, I just think today may be one of those days where I need to tip over a few tables. Mm-hmm. But I try to not be mean-spirited about it, but I'm resolved. I haven't seen you mean-spirited yet. That, that should be interesting. Just, now, just so you'll know, <laughs> ENTJ, extroversion, intuition, thinking, judgment. Well, and see, judging doesn't mean I'm judging you. No. It means that it's the way I organize my world. Mm-hmm. Career matches, teacher, lawyer, chief executive, scientist, politician, or judge. Exactly. And right now I'm teaching courses for Liberty University, so I plug them. That's what I teach in the uh, course right now with the Masters of Executive Leadership or MBA students. So they're getting a kick out of finding out who they really are and what makes them tick. Okay. Let me just yell back down to Russ. Russ, do we need to get my break in right now? Negative, sir. You already had it. Yeah. We already have. We're in break. Okay, we we have. Yeah. We're back in. Okay. So we're good to News the bottom of the hour. Two and a half minutes. Great job. But we okay. had several victories today. That's good. You know, that's good. That's better than the Sharia thing that went well, down two years I was, ago. I was excited about the pro-life uh, bill yes. It, yes. that passed through the House today. Yeah. Um, but I was surprised to see a Republican speak out against it. That just that just wasn't expected. Well, you that. know, and and you're speaking of uh, Representative Dan, Dan Douglas. Douglas. Yeah. He is one of the most fun guys down here. So I I, I love. Well, he was pretty pieces. passionate. I mean, he, he was. Passionately. But if you think about what he said, he had a personal connection to mentioned. a specific situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even for my wife and I, we're pro-life, 100%. But uh, we lost a baby, had a baby, but the second pregnancy that we had, uh, the doctor told her, you're going to lose this child anyway. You might as well go do what you want to do. And uh, she just said, no, I'm going to work to keep this child. Mm -hmm. And he's 37 years old today and given us three grandchildren. And uh, if we had... If we had not had a strong conviction, let's do what we can to prevent another miscarriage. So we had Justin, and then we lost another baby, and it was miscarriages are horrible. Yep. I literally had to pick this child up, and, and Gayla was hemorrhaging. I'd take her to the hospital with this baby wrapped up in a towel. So, I mean, it's not just the women that suffer with these miscarriages. Fathers we dad too. do. We that, dads do too. Un, I think that's kind of an untold story, don't you? I do. And, you know, and it's not disparaging the women that no. experience it. But if you've got, if you're in a loving relationship with a godly husband or even just a good man, you do not have any less feelings for what's going on in your, your home life than anybody else. Same way that I felt. When my uh, my daughter was carrying a child, and uh, two weeks before she was to deliver it, cesarean, it died. Yeah, tragic. and of course, so we had to go through the delivery process and everything. Yeah. And we sat in the nursery and and held that baby and rocked that baby. And uh, you know, we would have been a member of the family 
uh, two weeks hence. So yeah, yeah those well, my hard, hard uh, things. My third born child is a do me daughter. a favor. Hold that thought. Okay, and we'll come back. We got the news. All right, back with you. And uh, got him, our next guest excited about this because I know he's all pumped up right now. <laughs> all right, Dan Sullivan's here. Pull that microphone right up to you, State Representative. What was the final vote on the, the freedom of speech? Oh, the, uh, you asked me a hard question. I think there were three votes against it. Wow. 97 to 3? 90, well, maybe 95 or 6. There are a couple that didn't vote, wow. but I think we got over 90. It might have been 91 votes or something Fantastic. like that total. It was great. You know, I know you were just talking to Representative Smith. It's been a really it's been a good huge day. week. Well, it's been it was good yesterday. Yeah, you know, we passed the convention of states. That's right. We passed uh, today the uh, gun resolution went through. The right to life bill passed overwhelmingly. Uh, this uh, free speech on campus bill. You know, it's really so encouraging to see Arkansans calling us, emailing us, and. Uh, contacting their legislators about these freedom issues and it's exciting so yeah i'm pumped up yeah <laughs> today was a big big day in the house you had several several, several kind of pretty yes. big wins today yeah, pretty big deals yeah in the house and here. you know the question now is can we hold next week you know it's just like it's there every season that any athletics has you go through a season and mm-hmm. we're in our season right now right and this is just the first quarter uh, and we've done really well the first quarter, and we just need to hold, hold our own, and continue to be strong. Yeah, let's get some, let's see some some big legislation on some of these other issues. I mean, Jason Rapert's bill was pretty encouraging. Well, the I would, Safe Haven Act went through. Yeah, that did too. Safe Haven. Yeah. You're right. That's yeah. a big bill. Mm-hmm. That was an easy bill to pass, but it was it was kind of important, and it was um, to deal with um, allowing them to put up some uh, a way for some of these mothers to be more anonymous. Yes, because sometimes people are afraid, afraid for whatever. Don't want people to know. Yeah, yeah, whatever we, it might be. We had, uh, you know, I, I ran a bill this morning in public health. Uh, you know, we have some businesses in the developmental area that have a moratorium. Uh, it's not really a market where people are free to enter the market and leave the market. Uh, that bill did not pass today, and I was disappointed in that. That we have a. Uh, we're going to kind of exclude some players from a market, but I think we're going to come back and, and talk about what we can do to make it a better bill. But we, we do have some losses out there, and we do we just need our people to step up for, for opportunities and uh, quality care uh, and individual rights. But, it's, again, an exciting time today. How did that piece of legislation, the optometrists and the optom- I don't think it's ophthalmologists, gone, uh, has it been heard yet? Not on the House side. Okay. No. I don't. I don't know if it's been been heard on the Senate side, but you know these are really all good opportunities um, for us to um, you know be constitutionalist and stand up for our rights. You know, I had a bill uh, in public health today also that we're going to put on hold and work with UAMS. You know, UAMS had some big problems uh, in the last year with losses in revenue and yeah. laying people off. And I'm so encouraged working with our new chancellor, Dr. Patterson. You know, he took the time to bring his leadership team over here to the House yesterday to sit down and talk about what they can do and what we can do together to help UAMS have a sustainable model and use those services all over the state, not just in Little Rock, not just in select areas, but to use their uh, their model statewide. 
you know, we have a telehealth bill coming up pretty soon. I'm a, I think I'm a co-sponsor on. We have a bill on advanced practice nurses. All of those expand scope of practice, just like the optometry bill does. And, you know, I asked uh, our leadership at our hospitals like UAMS, these are opportunities for our hospitals to expand their range of coverage and bring health care to little towns like in my district, Monette and Caraway, Lake City, and take them to our senior centers that are really struggling right now and create health hubs in some of those rural areas. And what great opportunity, but we need for our universities and our hospitals to step up and come and testify because our medical society literally kills every bill that comes through that tries to expand access and allow people to practice to the full scope of their licensure. Oh, uh, just for you had been talking about uh, some of the materials he was talking about here just a moment ago. I'm trying to remember which which one it was. I'm drawing a blank. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. No, were, well, Advanced yeah. practice nurses. No, that, no that's kind of been remember, on the. That's no. a hot but, one coming the, up pretty but soon. The, the thing about having people be able to to do more with their license is is, is kind of important. In so many cases that. The licensing keeps people from being able to have access to service because the, there's such a shortage in some. Absolutely, and you know, at our universities, and UAMS is one, uh, UCA is one, Arkansas State. They have huge nursing programs, mm-hmm. and we're graduating all these nurses, and they're paying to go take these classes, and then they come out, and we as a state restrict what they can do mm-hmm. after we've educated them. Right, uh, and we just need for our again, it's the medical society has been the group that has killed all of these bills for several of the years I've been here. They have a lot of money. They're able to afford the the most lobbyists. Uh, and it's time if people will step up and call their, their legislators about these issues. We're on a roll right now. Mm-hmm. Freedom is on a roll. And let's let... And that ain't a bad thing. That no, ain't a bad thing. So, so how, how do we convince people to allow their fellow citizens to have more liberty. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I may be a little bit more uh, crazy about this on, on some level, but, you know, if I want to hire a nurse to do something, maybe stitch me up. Why is yeah. that illegal? Well, you know, I, I think the... I'm, I'm not a four-year-old. I'm not a ward of the state. I mean, is there some reason why I can't hire them to do what I want them to do? And as long as they're agreeable to it and I'm agreeable to it and... Why is that illegal? Well, we're not there yet. Not there but yet. We're getting I know. there. But, but I mean, why? Why is it? Why can't I hire you to stitch me up if I cut myself with a table saw? And I would, what? I'd gladly do it. Good. <laughs> I mean, why, why is it that that the that the government gets in our way and tells us that two independent individuals cannot contract and to do work for each other? Well, the first one, the greatest one, is money. Those well, people want the they want the money, and if they open that up, they don't get the dollar. They have to get they have competition. Yeah, then. the second one is real is fear and hope. You know, I'm fearful of what this may lead to, mm-hmm. and the second one is I hope that this works. You know, hope and fear are neither one of those are good strategies. Anytime you're caught up in fear. That's not a positive thing. Anytime you're hoping something will work, that's not a good strategy. And that's, that's the thing. Is, that's one of the reasons why we need to have principle, because yeah. at some point, the results are not nearly as, as important as the principle basis for the, for the decision. Absolutely. 
at the end of the day, is it right to allow people to keep and bear arms? Yes, it is. Right. Does that mean that there might be a few more murders? It might. But is the principle greater than the outcome, more important than the than the result? I think so. It gets down to what your core beliefs are, right? And and, and we can we can sometimes look at the left will maybe say that, well, we, we, let's look at England over there. They they don't have guns, and their murder rate is about a fifth of what it is here. Well, that may be true, but look what happened to them. Um, was it back in the 30s or 40s? They got invaded. By, That's a bad by, thing, by Nazis. Right? <laughs> look at look at the look at the the Nazis over in Germany. When you disarm people, it makes it easier for governments to kill you. That's that's a, a, we need to learn that. Yes, sometimes we might have a little more crime because of some of our policies with liberty now, but it, but the fact is that being armed makes us less vulnerable to being attacked, whether by our government or others. And so liberty in general, sometimes it's a little bit messy and sometimes a little bit dangerous, but is the principle worth it? Yeah, and that's what it came down to today in the free speech bill. Mm-hmm. You know, and this was really great to see free both speech is messy. all the sides come around and agree that the First Amendment is critical. Mm-hmm. And whatever side of that, you know, the political side you're on, the free speech is a critical element, and that's why I'm so encouraged by our Kansans right now and this uh, kind of role that we're on, that people are stepping up and addressing the freedoms that were uh, put out in our Constitution. And that's where our core values stand. That's how we remain consistent, and that's how the community knows where I, as a legislator, how I'm going to vote, because I've already told them what my core values are. Having principles, it makes you predictable. Yes. When when someone can come along and say, "Well, if you believe this, you should believe that," and you're like, "Yes, I do," and, and and they thought they just cornered you, but no, you have principles and you can stand by them and defend them, and that's cool. It is, and it's exciting again today that you know we came around the Democrats and Republicans on both sides agreed on our First Amendment right. That's cool. And that's exciting, and now we just got to go to our, and well, I guess a majority of them agreed on our Second Amendment right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a, a vast majority agreed on the right to life. Right. And, the, and the, well, Let me ask a question, to Representative, and, and this is a question I was presenting to uh, Representative Smith. You, you've got the resolution through the House, and I, I'm sure that it run through the Senate. But when do we go from resolution to bill? That's where push comes to shove. Well, um, valid question. You know, right now, it's my understanding that a court decision, the court decision that's out there is solid. And if we were to present other legislation that might be challenged, it could put that ruling in jeopardy. So what we're what we are doing now is we have a clearly have court uh, a court decision that sets a foundation and the resolution helped make that foundation bigger and more solid okay so i don't know again if we wrote be, other be legislation that may up. challenge it and we don't really want to do that okay and what are the big issues next week that you said that we'll be facing Golly, I'm going to have to look at the calendar I was trying to get through today. Uh, You know, I think uh, 
I think, for one, these scope of practice bills that are coming up are huge because one of the most powerful lobbies in the state is the medical society. And all whether it's optometrists or advanced practice nurses or telehealth, I think we've got something else. I can't remember what it is. And they're protecting their own turf. They're protecting their own turf. They're protecting the dollars, and they're denying freedom of choice to the citizens. Mm -hmm. And whether, and Paul, you talked about it, whether, you know, at what point can somebody else tell me what, who, who I hire. choose right 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 so that's a big part of it but that and those kinds our citizenry is just now becoming awakened to that concept and it's been because of the second amendment fight the free speech fight uh, the right to life it's only because of we're setting that foundational principle and people now are starting to look on a broader scope well where where else and in what else are my my god-given rights and liberties being overpowered by government so how, or somebody like the medical society. So how do we convince our fellow neighbors to start loving liberty more than protectionism? Because so many people out there have their license and it protects them from competition in various different areas. How do we convince them to actually love their fellow man and say, you know what, I like my job, but I like you too, and I don't want the government to come along and take your rights away just so I can maybe avoid some competition. In yeah, some good areas. question. I think the, what the biggest advocate for one for liberty is to experience liberty. Mm-hmm. Once one experiences liberty and one experiences freedom, they gain some comfort, mm-hmm. they gain some confidence, and they say, well, you know what, I, my previous fear has been overcome because some of the, the uh, sky is falling people that and didn't happen. It didn't fall. And we gave people freedom. I experienced liberty, and I want to expand on that experience in other areas. And I think that's where we're winning. Well, and I I think one of the things is that sometimes these liberties, they make a much bigger difference for people who are already disadvantaged in some areas. Sure. And so a lot of us, you know, I I probably will never have trouble getting a job. I I had great parents that raised me, and and I, I... got a good work ethic. I know how to work. I can find a job. There are some people, they grow up, their, their upbringing was terrible. Their social skills are bad. They have a hard time just finding a, a job at McDonald's. And some of these liberty issues, some of these things, they can really help those people because it opens up opportunities they wouldn't have otherwise. Because yeah. right now it's illegal for them to do so yeah. many things. Right. You know, the other big one's the tax, the road Bill coming up. You're That's funny because <laughs> I was just going to come to that and ask you a question. I had J.R. Davis on today. Uh-huh. He was talking about that uh, particular piece of legislation. He uh, mentioned uh, uh, the half cent sales tax that they're going to turn back to the people's, what he, the, uh, the president, the, uh, the governor wants to do, uh, take some uh, money from gambling and put towards roads. Uh, the other thing that uh, he was looking at is. Uh, Dan Douglas and this three cent, six cents, three cents gas, uh, six cents on um, on diesel. Interestingly, as I talked to uh, Jr., I had thought that the governor had said that he was against that, and it was not that he wanted the people to vote on that tax. You all on the House and the Senate side seem to have been very strict on saying no. We want uh, the Senate and the House to vote on this and make it law if we're going to do it. 
What's the thought process that's going on with the legislators on that? Do you do you well, think that it has the, the backing that it know, needs? I can only talk for myself. Okay. And, you know, I am not favorable to referring it out. I think the people elected us to go down, come down here and make some tough decisions. I'm glad just like to hear we did that, today. By the way, I am glad to hear that. <laughs> well, good. I think How there refreshing. are refreshing. It is. <laughs> I think there are others that feel that way, and you know, we really have. Uh, let's see, we've got the. We're going to have a tax on nine one one. We're going to have a tax on the internet. We've got a tax that we may refer out. We have a tax that we're going to increase on gas. And is that four? I think there's another. Oh, then we're going to tax uh, hybrid vehicles and electric yes. vehicles. Right. I so, didn't bring so that we've had, up, so yeah. we've, had, we've had tax cuts that maybe amount to, what, $250, 250000000 million, and now we're talking about maybe $300 million well, tax increase. You know, I think it's fair on the governor's part to say I had a package that I came in with originally when mm-hmm. I first ran, and I'm running on a package of tax cuts over a period of years. So it's, in my mind, it's it's reasonable to assume some of these taxes and the, his proposal can be spread out over that. Mm-hmm. However, they're still tax increases. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, my position, as with several others, is at the end of the day, we've got to be able to say, when, we're do- when this session ends, that we did not raise taxes and government is smaller. If like we can that. do that, I can I can work with them. I got thirty seconds. Are you for the three cent, six cent, or are you again? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I need to, I need to hear more. Okay, I'm, I'm willing to raise some if we lower more. All right. But if we have to adjust and sponge it, I'm fine with that. But we've got to work together on that. All right. Thank you very much for stopping by. Thank you. Glad that to be was, here. That was an honest answer. I appreciate <laughs> it. All right. Eight minutes still. We've got to get a final break in. Don't forget that uh, French Hill coming up at 4 o'clock. Yeah, let's finish up this uh, hour here on the, uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. I uh, needed to uh, talk about uh, applied research. Applied Research of uh, Arkansas. I just started one of their new programs. I'm doing a low testosterone deal. I mean, as you get older, for men, testosterone goes down. I had the blood test. Anybody that's under 300 uh, can get into this test. Well, I was at about one and a half. Oh, yikes. I'm I'm way down, okay? I'm not... Dudes, I'm 66 years old. But anyway, bottom line is is that they accepted me into the study. So I, as one of the participants, I receive free study-related care. I get the medication absolutely free. And I get some compensation for time and travel. And a little bit under 200 bucks a month. You know, that's not bad. This study goes for five years. Mm. Whoa. That's going to be kind of interesting. I told them I didn't guarantee them I'd be alive five years. But anyway, uh, Applied Research of Arkansas also has one going on about warts right now and how they can, how you can get rid of warts. You might want to sign up for that. What you do is just go to their online site, arcarkansas.com, or call them at 501-954-7822, and that's Applied Research of Arkansas. They'll take good care of you. Tell them Dave told you to call. And, hey, now you know you won't die from trying the drug. It's just ready to go on the market. They've they got to meet some uh, different mar- so, so they, um, markers already, to do that. They've already checked it out, see if it's going to kill people. Yeah, yeah that happens in the first level of you're testing. Just, you're just looking at the... Yeah. the, the <laughs> The, the more the uh, effectiveness, it's got to meet the standard of what they say it will meet, 
So how long have you been taking it? I I haven't started yet. I'm starting next week. Okay. So next week we can expect to see some hair on his chest coming out the... Yeah. No, I don't want that. (laughs) Not his collar. That's what's going to happen. I'll I'll end up growing hair on my chest, and then my sign will appear in it. Uh. I don't want that. I don't want that to happen. Might start growing hair on your head again, too. No, I shaved that. Oh, you shaved that. Yeah, I didn't. Well, it fell off halfway, but I decided to make it go all the way. Like a Kojak look. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need a... Get myself a sucker. Who loves you, baby? That's what he used <laughs> most to people, say. Most people are not old enough to know what that means, that that, that was part of See, that was his that's favorite her way saying. of being Telly doing, doing ageism Is here. he still alive, uh, by no, the way? I no. think he passed away okay. just right. a few years ago. All right, bottom line, we'll be back and joining us, and uh, you're welcome to stick around if you want to. We've got uh, Congressman French Hill. And by the way, if you hadn't heard, the, the, the president says he's going to sign the funding bill, but he's going to declare an emergency to build defense. So we'll be talking about that with uh, Congressman Hill when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is our final live hour uh, for today from the Capitol. Five o'clock hour, we will repeat the interview we did with J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman. You want to listen to that. A lot of interesting information came out, and it goes along with what we heard from State Representative Dan Douglas at the very end of my show, my, uh, my show this last hour. The highway bill is coming up, and that's going to be an interesting time here in the uh, marble halls of the House and the Senate. You mean... It wasn't Dan Douglas, it was Dan... No, not Dan, Dan, Dan Sullivan. Uh, Dan Sullivan, yes. Right, got, two, two very different people. You got Douglas <laughs> on my mind. Yeah, we do have Douglas All on right. our mind. He uh, was the one that spoke against the, the Jason Rayford's abortion bill, apparently. and and um, Got some, got some was, feedback on yeah. it. All right. Well, let's go to Washington, D.C. now, because there's a lot going on in Washington, D.C., and Congressman French Hill joins us. Congressman, thanks for the time. Appreciate you joining us today. Dave, always good to be with you. Thanks for the invite. All right. So let's start off with this. The the president is going to sign the funding bill uh, that will keep the government open, but he is, according to uh, uh, the head of the Senate, uh, it's also said that he is going to use his right uh, to uh, call and declare an emergency and build the wall his way using money from other federal agencies and doesn't need Congress's approval of that. Well, the Senate voted, uh, I think, 83 to 16, if my memory's right, a few minutes ago to uh, send the bill to the House. So we expect we'll get it uh, tonight. And we've all been reading it all day and looking at the side-by-side analysis between FY18 and FY19 for each of these departments. And, you know, what I noticed um, in it, when I look at just the border money, all these other things that are in the bill, like uh, the Transportation Department or the Treasury Department, Department of the uh, Office of the President, these are all bills that were approved in committee last year. They're really not dramatic material changes and looking at all those page after page state and foreign operations uh, most of them contain our pro-life um, uh, riders that we like to see in the bills and so i'd say generally those looked okay there are a few things i don't like but that's in the details but on the homeland security money uh the 
procurement construction improvement account for Homeland Security goes from one and a half billion to two point three billion. That's a obviously an enormous uh, increase, um, and that money is where President Trump, I think, has some um, flexibility in there. The border barrier bill is essentially flat with eighteen, which is what the complaint is about a thirty-five day shutdown. And effectively, we have the same money for new construction that we had, really, in the FY18 bill. It's about 55 miles. It's the uh, parallel road system with double fencing, but it does not contain uh, some of the more modern construction techniques. Uh, It's got $500 million more for ports of entry equipment to try to uh, stop smuggling. A lot of our drugs come straight through the ports of entry in trucks, and so this enhances the truck screening process. And then it does have uh, $200 million in it for the humanitarian crisis along the border to help support that. And it does have a big increase in uh, the judges. Uh, Our number of judge teams working down there to clear all this backlog goes from 395 to 534. Wow. And that's up. We added 100 in the last year. So that 395 includes 100 new ones from the previous year. So one of the things I noticed down there on my four trips was definitely the lack of border barrier, the lack of uh, enough uniform people that you and I have talked about. But another one was the adjudication where we have judges. So it's it's not all the president asked for, but it's it's definitely got some things he def- he was very supportive of. So c- kind of walk us through this whole declaring an emergency and yeah. what what are we supposed to make of that and what does it effectively do? Well, there's a there's a forty five year old act on a presidential emergency declaration. Uh, presidents have used it bipartisanly 40 different times, I think, over the last uh, four decades. Uh, so that's the base issue. It's typically used in a more narrow focus than something like this. Um, the president does have reprogramming authority within the spending accounts that have been appropriated by Congress within certain discretion of the executive in Article 2. And I think that's what Mick Mulvaney, his acting chief of staff, former OMB director, has worked with him on, which is what money inside the Department of Homeland Security could we reprogram? And then what money uh, elsewhere does he have good legal standing to reprogram under such an emergency declaration? Now, I've already now, said publicly, I'm not, I'm not big on emergency declarations. I think if President Obama was declaring an emergency, we'd have a lot of people opposed to that. So I'm on record publicly saying I'm not in favor of the president using an emergency declaration. I think it's potentially a bad precedent. But I've caveated it with, well, tell me exactly what you're doing. How are you declaring it? What are the words and what are you precisely uh, proposing and where is the money coming from? I think these are all very important issues uh, about if, if he goes down that that route. All right. So you want complete transparency from the president of how he's going to exactly spend the money? 
Yeah, absolutely. Because, look, let's say he says he's going to take it out of the military construction budget. Well, I've got a problem with that. We've got military construction projects that we've waited eight years to start because of the Obama administration's failure to fund fund DOD adequately. And so I would be concerned if we might reprogram money, quote unquote, from an existing military construction project uh, to the border, uh, depending on what it is. Right. So if it's building uh, base housing, maybe that could be delayed and we'd feel okay about that. But if it's uh, repairing a runway in South Korea, that might be a bad idea. So that's why I think the president should be very transparent if he proposes this approach. Okay, but it's sure sounding, according to McDonald, McConnell, that this is going to happen. Are, are you? Yeah. Are you feeling that it's going to happen? Uh, we haven't had a separate briefing today. I saw uh, the uh, Senate leader's press conference and his comments on the floor. So I think the answer is yes, and that's why I'm really curious as to precisely under what circumstances and what uh, how it's cast. And I'm sure we'll get. Uh, details ASAP. But in the meantime, there are some real improvements uh, in our border security situation, you know, in this in this bill. It's just not as much as I think the Homeland Security Department wants. And I think the opposition party has been ridiculous in the way they treated this. I have to tell you, it's been very frustrating. This is work we've done bipartisan for three decades, and they have tried to tie the president's hand and micromanage it in a in a way that's ridiculous so these next two questions might pertain more to senator bozeman or senator cotton since they're senators however uh since you are an elected official in the house you, you you're watching what the senate's doing uh something that is going on is that uh, the democrats have been slowing up uh, our judges from being uh, okay to, to get on the bench, and they're moving closer and closer to going to the nuclear option on that. Do you do you think that's an inevitability now? Well, we have on judges um, in the Senate for the executive calendar. Uh, we do have the nuclear option where it basically only takes a fifty-one percent vote. Uh, the senators have been trying to, they're debating about doing that more broadly for confirmations we have ambassadors right. we have important policy positions that are tied up in two ways the minority ties them up two ways one 30 hours of debate on each appointment come on this is ridiculous to appoint a deputy assistant secretary of hud housing and urban development you don't need to debate this person for 30 hours so senators are proposing a very streamlined approach, I think a couple of hours potentially for some of these uh, lower level executive appointments. And then two is, as you say, expanding the nuclear option to other other appointments. And I tell you, this is Mitch McConnell has done a, you know, a really amazing job on trying to get the president's appointments through in a timely way, at least the most important ones. Okay, so uh, you feel you feel positive about what they're doing then. I mean, you got to fill these positions, correct? You do, and I mean, I have a, a colleague of mine who was appointed by President Trump to be the ambassador to Uruguay in uh, February of 2017, and he remains uh, unconfirmed, and he, they just submitted his name back to the Senate for renomination. You know, if you're nomination expires at the end of each Congress. 
So the White House had to turn around and resubmit paperwork on every nominee, judicial and otherwise, that had not been confirmed in the last Congress. So uh, that has now happened, and that's where the president was talking in the State of the Union. Let's get busy and get these people to work. Well, Congressman uh, French Hill is our guest. We're going to take a break here, but I wanted to ask him, have you been keeping up with the uh, Convention of States uh, debate that has been going on here in the state and that the Convention of State uh, passed yesterday in, uh, in our legislature? What's your thoughts about that? Well, I think uh, I've followed that issue during the time I've been in Congress, and I think uh, it's uh, probably the only way to make a material change to our Constitution. And I share the concerns I think we all have, even people who are very strong supporters of an Article 5 convention, about narrow casting it and make sure it can address a simply straightforward set of issues and not get expanded once the convention is called into place. And that's always been my reluctance to it. But I look forward to seeing what the House and Senate have passed in Arkansas and, and talking to the members there and get familiar with what they've learned about it and what they think the best approach is. Congressman French Hill, our guest, let's get a break in. Uh, if we can, Congressman, we'll come back and finish this up. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, we're located third floor, house side in the state capitol. Uh, we're about the only people left here. Everybody else has gone home for the weekend. But we will return and talk further with the congressman on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with the uh, congressman, District 2, French Hill. He's in Washington, D.C., talking to us. Uh, let, me, let me ask you, uh, Congressman, your thoughts on the new uh, AG. Well, I served with uh, Mr. Barr during the Bush 41 administration, and uh, he is an incredible lawyer and an incredible person. He fully understands the executive responsibility of the Department of Justice, how to use it, how to run it in the right, right way. He's a stand-up guy. So I think, again, President Trump uh, has made a good, a good decision. I, you know, people are all upset about uh, the president's uh, selections for his cabinet. You hear that just constant chatter about it. But as a general matter, he's uh, interviewed and selected good people for office. I'm a big fan of General Mattis. I'm sorry he left. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, there are people who want to serve their country, and I, I'm delighted with that. And I'm, I appreciate President Trump finding somebody good like Bill Barr to come to come back to the Department of Justice. Some people have a little bit of a problem saying that he's not as supportive of the Second Amendment as they'd like. Do you have anything on that that would make you hesitate on him? You know, I haven't. I have not. Uh, I, I've read that, you know, online, but I, I and I, I have not studied the uh, transcript from his confirmation hearing to see uh, what was the uh, inkling on that. Our Second Amendment rights are, are fundamental, and as you've heard me many times, we have a Bill of Rights, so the first ten amendments, and guess what? It's not a pick-and-choose plan. We have them all, and they protect our individual liberties, and so I support them. Oh, and we got to constantly uh, be vocal about that support. All right. With that asked, uh, let's go to DOJ and talk about McCabe, which came out today. 
Uh, there's a lot to be uh, worrisome about what he said about the 25th Amendment and trying to figure out a way to basically replace Trump as president, is it not? The story uh, over the past two years of what happened uh, between the summer summer of 2016 through the election never gets better uh, as it relates to the management of the Department of Justice and the FBI. It just gets worse. People fired, people demoted, people in a collusive environment, people with an undisclosed conflict of interest, people with an interest outside the office in conflict with their jobs at DOJ, and it just gets drowned out in the sea of negative press about the president and just Hmm. negativity generally. But that's why I'm grateful that the Senate is still uh, working to find the truth. And I can assure you, even in the minority here in the House, Jim Jordan in the Oversight Committee and Devin Nunes in the Intelligence Committee are not dropping their advocacy for finding the truth here. Just because the Democrats took control of the House does not mean that the work of the Republicans or our voices will be muted on this point. Hmm. It's very, very concerning. The president has been saying that it was a a witch hunt from the very beginning, and now not only a witch hunt, but uh, maybe a kind of a light coup is the best way to look at it. Yeah, it's that's why I'm saying I've heard this consistently from my colleagues who are deeply involved in these topics since the spring of 2017 when this work uh, began. And don't forget, it was the Democrats to first express concerns about Jim Comey and his administration yep. of the FBI. And uh, they their concerns were proven uh, true. And so uh, hopefully this will continue to come out and come out with speed. Um you were talking about the state legislature. I just want to compliment them today. It touches on the benefits of our tax bill. The state legislature approved Arkansas having a reduction in its capital gains tax for investments and opportunity zones to mirror the federal yep. benefit for investors in Arkansas that will make an investment in an opportunity zone. I thought that was great. And I congratulate Keith Ingram and Robin Lundstrom for carrying that legislation. Yeah, we tried to get Robin on today, but as uh, most of the elected officials are, they are gone now. <laughs> they, they've, and she's got all she's going all the way up to Northwest Arkansas, so I understand. Yeah. Last question for for you: We talked a little bit about this last week, and that is the uh, the new uh, Green New Deal. Uh, I think it was a great uh, move by the the head of the Senate to call to get sometime here in the next few weeks a vote on that piece of legislation. This is going to make a lot of Democrats very, very uncomfortable. Well, uh, since we talked last Wednesday, I think a lot of them have now seen what they said they signed up for that they'd never read before they signed up for it. And I hope they're embarrassed. And I was at a meeting earlier in the week. It had a lot of... of, uh, my good friends on the other side of the aisle that are good Democrats and who support a, um, I'd say, a, a less dependent fossil fuel future for our country, uh, but they're pretty reasonable. And they were so flabbergasted. One of them said, you know, I don't even think these people know that nuclear power is the most carbon-free power source we have. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's, 
I don't know. The ignorance is I'm, – I'm still reveling from our conversation last week about it. But I agree. I think Senator McConnell putting it on the floor of the House is uh, – I mean, on the floor of the Senate it's a great idea. We look, we'll see what Mrs. Pelosi has to say about it. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting as well. You know, I'm thinking Cortez may be the best gift we've gotten since Nancy Pelosi. What do you think? <laughs> we'll see. She's got a lot of company now. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. Congressman, happy Valentine's Day. Happy and, Valentine's uh, Day. You have a great uh, evening, and uh, we'll talk again next week. You bet. All the best. All right. Bye-bye now. That's the uh, Congressman, uh, of course, Hill uh, from up in Washington, D.C., and uh, his thoughts on all the main subjects that are going on in, in D.C. Now, we keep you up to date on what's going on. I don't think anybody can complain that we do not keep people uh appraised of what what's happening you could hear it in his voice there at the end that this is really uh, a godsend for the republican party yeah, the, this, this <laughs> green new deal it really this is a gift that's going to keep on giving if we can get the democrats to expose themselves then at, at some point people might start recognizing that the emperor truly is running around naked. But see, that's, this is what's great about this, is that they're actually starting to talk about this stuff because I think they honestly believe that the country, because they see these poll numbers, that they think that they this country has gone far left. We got more to talk about about that and other things. Mark Johnson, senator here in Arkansas, is up next. We're back with you. We've got a couple more segments left here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to uh, talk here for a few moments with Kerry Murphy. He's got a gun show coming up. Uh, Kerry, when when is this uh, gun show going down? It's this weekend at the Hall of Industry at the State Fairgrounds. It's the big Arkansas Gun and Cartridge Collectors Club show, over 400 tables. It's the oldest since 1955 and largest in the state. You'll see things there that you don't see anywhere else. There's people that have display tables with, like, museum pieces from World War II or Winchesters or Rugers. I mean, they're just collections they bring out of their saves. They're not for sale. They're just showing you. But you can buy, sell, or trade other guns there, and uh, it's a packed house. It'll be full. All right. Now, since it is Valentine's Day weekend, uh, will there be any kind of bullet that I can buy that leaves a little heart-shaped as it enters in uh, against, you know, somebody who's maybe trying to steal something from me. Well, you know, Dave, nothing says <laughs> I love you more protecting your family than buying your wife a new 9 millimeter and a concealed That's hand right. gun purse. Or if she's wanting to buy you something, you know, she could buy you a forty five Kimber or something, you know. I mean, it's that, you know, she loves you, so she's trying to protect you. So tell her to come on out. There'll be some sweetheart deals. Saturday I like 9 it. to 5 and Sunday 9 to 4. What's the cost? It's $10 adult. Uh, you get uh, That's good for both days. Age 12 and under is free. $2 off for veterans and police, uh, you know, active duty retired. So, I mean, 10 bucks for two days. And at the same time that the uh, if you come out to the gun show, next door in the uh, Coliseum is a big bass shootout. And uh, they have a, you know, bass boats weighing in bass they have a booth fishing baits and stuff like that and it is a separate show uh but they've got a reduced rate coming to ours and uh but anyway it's it's going to be packed full it'll be like a whole big outdoor show at the fairgrounds this weekend 
Sounds like it's going to be a fun time for everybody to uh, come over and check it out. Good, uh, good stuff for the little ones too. You're going to have good things for them. Oh yeah, there's always somebody that's got uh, some of the toys. Of course, they are politically correct gun, rubber band gun toys or stuff like that. You know, uh, but there's there's always something to look at for the kids. The pocket knives. That's what all the boys love to see is the good dad to buy him his first pocket knife. You know. Uh, you might have a future you see MacGyver. A lot of memories made with families there. You know, it's not just about going and buying the gun. It's you actually make some memories there, and kids telling them about the shotgun yep. you did when you were a kid. It's it's good for family. It's a good time. It's always a good time, and I'll tell you what, it's run correctly because you're the guy behind it. You probably run the best gun shows. I was talking to. Uh, Oh, uh, to Jan Morgan, and she said, you're one of the few that she'll go to because you allow people to conceal carry. Oh, yeah. No, it's a, it is a, we check, um, we have to zip tie stuff for the insurance purposes, but you're in there, you know, so the vendors, uh, we've got police and security, but uh, it, it's, I mean, look, we're gun friendly. That's what we do. We're a gun show. And the Gun and Cartridge Club, supports youth shooting sports you know and they donate to the nra to fight some of these crazy laws and Mm -hmm. uh so you know if your son's thinking about a trap you know in the trap team or something like that you're supporting that and that just helps carry on our second amendments you know you keep the kids involved and they carry on so many today now uh you find they're just not going hunting or not as interested and then the uh dad gets older he doesn't deer hunt and then he's selling his guns you know and We've got a lot of private individuals out there selling collections this time. Um, you know, you know they it's, make me... It's dwindling down. Well, you're making me feel good because you said that as guys get older, they don't go deer hunting. I still deer hunting. I'm turning 66 tomorrow, so I don't makes me not feel old anymore. Well, I mean, I, I haven't been able to hunt because of the political season. When you're running for office yeah. or helping candidates, it's always a November election. I don't know who came up with that crazy idea in the middle of deer season. <laughs> I'm with I'm so, with you on that, Gary. Okay, so it's tomorrow or coming up on Saturday and Sunday. What times and give them the costs again? It's at the Hall of Industry State Fairgrounds. Saturday from nine to five and Sunday from nine to four. It's ten dollar admission. That's good for both days. So you pay ten dollars Saturday, you get in free Sunday. Age twelve and under is free. Two dollar discount for military and police. And come on out for a fun time. It sounds great. Carrie, thanks so much for joining us today on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Where are you on the road? I know you're coming from Louisiana. Where are you at right now? Yeah, I've, I've signed a contract. I'm going to be having a show down at Shreveport. And then I had to go deal with the, uh, some stuff down in Texarkana. I got the big boat show down there in uh, March 9th and 10th. And now I'm headed back to Little Rock for our show. We start loading in tomorrow. So, I got 17 shows a year now that I do, Texas, Louisiana, and Arkansas. And, um, you know, I, we work hard, try to pe- pe- treat people fairly and like family, and and uh, it's working out. Everybody's appreciating how we treat them. Well, you got the Jan Morgan seal of approval as well. That's a good thing to have. Thanks, Kerry. You have oh, a great yeah. weekend. Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks, Dave. Happy Valentine's Day to y'all out there, too. All right. Let's take a look real quickly here about uh, David Lucas. David Lucas wants you to know you can learn the little-known strategies that can help you save thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis. 
It's from David Lucas of David Lucas Financial, who's the uh, host of the David Lucas Show right here on 1011 uh, The Answer. David's a published author. He's got uh, his business right here in Little Rock. This free analysis will reveal the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your uh, IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. To get that free analysis, be one of the first 10 uh, 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. It's your opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars, 501-653-6690. Final break, and then when we come back, Senator Johnson will join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. So I just found out something interesting about... uh, State Senator Mark Johnson. He evidently is a chef. I do cook, Dave. You do cook? Matter of fact, I was Senator Alan Clark's wife, Janice, who said a while ago, told our staff person, says, well, you know, Mark cooks. So I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. I might cheat a little bit tonight and at least pick up at least one of the dishes but uh, this is a weekday you know <laughs> what are you what are you cooking tonight for uh, uh, well i don't want to give it away oh, somebody okay. might, somebody it's might special. show up it's well there's special. a couple people showing up and, and <laughs> nice. one of them is is one of my legislative friends and so anyway but yeah we i do cook dave I've, I've cooked for many years and okay well you'll understand this i mean you know i married someone from indiana so if i wanted to eat southern stuff i had to yes, cook it myself you're, right about that. <laughs> you're not going to get a fried bologna sandwich from somebody no. typically well, from indiana where's she from in indiana fort wayne area actually okay. auburn you know where auburn yeah, is yeah, yeah. Where auburn is yeah they got a great car museum there. the best in the country that Auburns and cords and Duesenbergs yeah. were made there in Auburn, Indiana. That's, uh, that's over in, uh, what is it, uh, uh, oh, the religious group is over in that. A lot of the Amish are Amish over there, people. yes, yeah. that's you right. You could get some great food over there. That's right, yeah. I know Indiana well. Yeah. Grew up in that I knew state. you did, what can yeah. I say? Yeah. All right, so what's going on with you? You absolutely oh. wanted to wait to the end of the show because you were waiting for well, a bill actually, to be ready. And it's, it's not completely ready. I, and, and to make things worse, the legislative website's been down most of the day. And, right. And uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that we're now streaming live from the Senate and we're using up all our bandwidth <laughs> for video. But That's uh, possible. Uh, it's a little – we're so dependent on this technology now yeah. that if we can't look up a bill while we're sitting there, you know, on the floor. It's, Can't read it. It's Senator Teague actually complained uh, to the to the staff during the session, says, I can't read this bill. I, what's wrong? And I hope they'll have that all fixed. But it's no different than any other business now. The legislature's dependent on technology just like all of us are in all our other parts of our lives. But, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I can talk about it even if I don't have the hard copy okay, I can leave with good. you. Uh, Dave, I'm working on couple of things that uh, have concerned me, and one is general and one is specific. Generally, I'm concerned about uh, the initiative and referendum process. Uh, and, and let me kind of do a disclaimer here. In my house growing up, Amendment 7, the initiative and referendum in Arkansas, was sacrosanct. We thought that was something very important that the people had a right very to do. Very good, that. yes. But we've had some commercial interests that have figured out a way that they could, in effect, hijack the process for their own uh, particular uh, means and and, in their own business. And and I want to tell some people, and I'm not picking on the voters, they voted for this, Amendment 100, in in November, and I'm not 
okay, no, I respect no, we're, their we're opinion. We're talking the minimum that's the ga- no, no, that's the gambling amendment. Oh, the gambling, okay. And, and I want to tell people that vote for it, I want to tell you a couple of things that, one, I want to tell you what you didn't vote for that you were told you were voting for. You weren't voting for highway funding. Now, right. the governor has said that if we have revenue from this, and certainly if it goes through, we'll have revenue, that he wants to dedicate it to highway funding. Right. But that was not in the amendment. There was nothing that required that. So uh, he's just kind of taking care of what someone else said, even though they didn't really promise it. Correct. The other thing they may not know is that there are provisions in the 1874 Constitution of the state that say that that monopolies are not consistent with our form of government, and it also says there should be no perpetuities, which means something that goes on forever. That's why I didn't vote for this. Well, and it, here's what we did with Amendment 100. We granted two out-of-state-owned corporations mm-hmm. uh, monopolies in the state, or one of two of the four casinos would be there. Quadopolis. Quadopolis. Okay, Paul. <laughs> and, and we also created a perpetuity. We, we could basically have it forever. And I just don't believe. They, and they set their own tax rate. Yes. And they set their own distribution formula yeah, for it. Right. And that just flew all over me, that you could take a couple of million dollars in campaign money and advertise and frankly fool the voters mm-hmm. uh, and then I found some other ways they fool the voters uh, I had one friend and I'll na- I won't name her but it's someone you know that you probably met here in the capital a lady and uh, she was at a gas station and she was approached by a solicitor to get her signature on petition and was told it was the term limits petition mm-hmm. and uh, she didn't trust them it was in kind of a binder and she pulled it loose and flipped it over and it was the gambling amendment so uh, there's I think there's been some, it, I won't necessarily call it fraud, but misleading people. Maybe it is fraud. Yeah. Uh, but If it's proven, it is fraud. But but I'm, I just feel like that something that was very good that our uh, General Assembly and the governor, it was Governor George Donaghy, by the way, the one whose picture is down in the governor's conference room, right. known as the father of the Capitol. Uh, Governor Donaghy initiated that and got got Amendment 7 in the Constitution. But if we don't tighten it up where people can't hijack it for their own personal use, then it's not going to be good for our state. And, and I have a constitutional amendment. It's, it's SJR 9 that I proposed. There's also a couple of others being done that are... And there's nothing magical about mine that any better than the other. But this is something that the, the legislature is looking at this year is to stop the possibility of someone who could literally go in and buy their way into the Constitution. So uh, that's a great thing. I, li- I like that. question is, is how do you want to carry this out to keep that from happening? Well, the part of, there's, there's two parts to it. And I'm actually, right. I told you I had a bill I wanted to show you, and I, it's it's not ready yet, or, okay. or if it is, it's in my email, and I can't access my email until they fix the <laughs> server. But uh, the staff's been working on it. But one would regulate the uh, initiative, the petition process, the paid solicitors. And, and, and I tried to do my best not to put undue restrictions on citizen uh, petition drives that are okay. they're done by volunteers and people that I, I believe the process the way was, was designed for. Be. Yes, sir, exactly. Yes. And uh, but these people that that hire uh, people and and pay them five or ten bucks a name and 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 that see, there's the incentive for fraud. It's like you get someone to 
to sign a petition, you get five bucks. Well, you do that, three or four people, you know, five, 10, 15, 20. That's pretty good for, you know, two, three yeah. minutes work. And I'm just, there's too much. I think there's been fraud. I certainly see opportunities for that to have been, you know, for fraud to exist. Plus, we have the whole process that you push this up to the last minute, and then you file a lawsuit, and then it gets thrown off the ballot. And right. the people, and that process is okay. These the courts have a reason to look at some of these things. But by having it where the ballots are already printed before you it even do that. It needs to be cut off at some point. Yeah, and this is part of what I've done, Paul, is right. move that process back to where it can be done in regular order, mm-hmm. the, the people will have a chance to know what's going to be on the ballot and, and, and learn about it and, and maybe something crazy like even read them before they, right. yeah, they vote nice. on it. Let me ask. So one of the things I think would be kind of nice if people could actually go online and sign. Um, and, and I don't know how you do it necessarily. but That's the problem. I, at, I think it would, if or, it could or be could done. They, or, or could you have it where they send a letter in, perhaps? I don't know. So you don't actually have to go find a petition gatherer. Well, now, there's but nothing to keep you from, from ordering a petition, a PDF of a petition, printing and, it out. And sending it in. But you have to, it has to be witnessed by someone who is okay. uh, willing to sworn. sign. The, yeah, they have to sign an affidavit that they, that they saw they, you do they, it. They, it's, it's like being notarized. So okay. yeah. But, you know, it's like people say, wouldn't it be great if you could vote on your iPhone, I said, yeah, it'd be great if it were you voting and not someone that says they're who you are, which brings me to another thing I'm going to try to do with with this legislation, and that is we have voter ID in Arkansas. You you go into the polls and say, you know, I'm Dave Ellswick. I live in Lone Oak County, and I want to vote. Mm-hmm. They ask me for my driver's license. And they look at you and say, yeah, that's that guy that mm-hmm. we hear on the radio. And that may, but it really is you. You've shown your right. ID. Well, since you're exercising the franchise when you sign a petition, shouldn't you have to show your ID to prove that Dave Ellswick signed that, that you're really Dave Ellswick yeah. signing that petition and not, you know, some, not going down a phone book. Yeah, some guy named Calvert from Faulkner County that's that's just using your name. <laughs> I like Dave Ellswick on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, the point I'm making is that when someone and I said this during the the long debate over turn over uh, voter ID, if someone uses your votes illegally, they just stole your vote. Yeah, absolutely. That's because they true. cancel out a legitimate voter's yep. vote, and it's same way with petition drives. We've we've got to make it where. Uh, and again, you've got these out-of-state people coming in, getting five bucks or ten bucks a pop. There's too much opportunity for fraud and abuse. So, so it kind of, kind of brings me, makes me think about it a little bit. When we have corporations that are that are actively lobbying or actively advocating for political ideas and such, a lot, a lot of corporations have a lot of government connections. Uh, every corporation has some government connection because the idea of a corporation is that they, they, they were birthed by a relationship with the government, if you will. Is it unreasonable to block corporations from actually engaging in, polit- in the political process and leave it only to actual living, breathing persons? I don't think so. I think that's the uh, the Supreme Court is definitely yeah, ruled about can't. that. You, you're not going to get away with Think of it this that. way, Paul. The First Amendment does not only gives you all the rights that you think of, but mm. also gives you the right to peaceably assemble. Symbol, right. And when you and I and, and mm-hmm. Dave and everybody, all our friends, right. put together a group of us, mm-hmm. then we didn't lose. We have a, a, our individual we're still, rights we're still to become all, a collective right. But, but, but they're not collective rights. They're still individual rights. 
it's collected. Well, but we're, we're assembling. We're patiently We are assembling, assembling, right. Right, but the thing is that corporations can do things, and, and the individuals within those corporations can be held um, non-accountable. Not, 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 I, I butchered that a little bit, but, but they can be held harmless for the, for the actions of the corporations, even though those people actually instructed the corporation to do those you, things. You point out some, some good things, but it's, it's part of that whole concept that uh, uh, and it's the limited liability thing. Mm-hmm. And there's liability, but it doesn't necessarily extend to you as, a, right. as an individual. But uh, back on this, uh, it's a good question you bring mm-hmm. up, Paul, but uh, you're not going to keep rich people, whether they formed a corporation or not, from being able to, right. to influence right. people more than people that have no means at all. And that's you're, just you're right. life, and it's you're not right. always fair, but it's it is life. the way it is. Right. Yeah. Maybe we should ask Cortez how we should change that. Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll come up with some interesting idea. Maybe the what we want to call we could call it the electoral New Deal. Perhaps uh, <laughs> I don't know. I have an idea. Okay, yeah, can, can we block people in the big cities from voting? I don't know. Yeah, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Yeah. It's a rural area, but no, I don't want to go. There. Well, I had another question, <laughs> but only one vote per person. <laughs> we want to get you back on next week. Uh, you'll be presenting these next week. Uh, the, the constitutional amendments are, are kind of in flux, but okay. the uh, the bill that will uh, I hope I'll have it ready to introduce early next week. Let me know, and and it will. I'm sure it's going to attract a lot of attention. And I'll say this, Dave: if you want to attract attention, file a shell bill about gambling. No, my God. about Amendment One Hundred. No, let's not. Let's and not that's do what that. I did. Do, so do we have time they, for one more question? No. Okay. <laughs> How's that? Yeah, we got, we're, we're, coming up, we're coming up on 59. we got to take right, you to break. Yeah. Mark, thank, thank you very thank much. You, uh, Mark Paul. Johnson, state yeah. senator. We'll have him back on next week. We'll get that bill. We'll sit here and dice it about and talk about it. When I come back, I'll be back on uh, Tuesday. Tomorrow's my birthday, so I'm taking the day off. Robert Steinbach will fill in for me. Monday's President's Day, and you'll find out what Zach thought were the best shows that I've done in the last few months because he's putting the best of Dave Ellswick all together. Till Tuesday, I'll see you later. Coming up next hour, repeat of J.R. Davis. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.